I'm Anthony William. Welcome to Foods That Heal the Thyroid. Important show. Very important show because these foods do all kinds of great things for us. And uh, it's not just about healing the thyroid. These foods help heal us overall with lots of different things. But yes, the thyroid is critical. It is important. We're going to be talking about that. And I just want to share with you all the health information I, I share here comes from a pure, untampered with, advanced, clean source, a higher source, spirit of compassion, a gift that was given to me since age four. And some of you probably already know that, or many of you do, and, and many of you, this might be your first time um, coming here to medical medium and listening to a webinar or a show. You know, the information here doesn't come from interest groups and medical funding with strings attached, you botched research, lobbyists, internal kickbacks in the medical field, persuaded belief systems in the medical alternative and conventional field, private panels of influencers so that you get influenced a different direction to, you know, so money's made in a different place, health field payoffs or trendy traps, trendy traps, which they get so trendy doesn't mean it's trendy because it's working either. It's trendy because of marketing and other things out there in the world. And, um, and then we get sucked into it, and then we're doing something we don't really need to do. All these things are both in conventional and alternative medical communities and in the medical world of information. And I say this because this is an information plucked from sources. This isn't plucked from uh, anemic sources that just – that, that don't have the whole picture. So that's not what this is about. This is really coming from a source that was given to me since age four. It's important to know this. It really is. Because what happens is that, you know, um, sources and studies and things like that may not be in your best interest, but in somebody else's. And so we just kind of, we go along, we go along and we don't heal and we don't learn what we really need to learn. The truth is kept from us over and over again, and it's really a difficult process, and that's part of what holds us back, and that's why I even have to say this at the beginning, because it's part of what holds us back. There's two things that gets us better, and I'm telling you right now, two things. What are they? They're knowing what's wrong, knowing what's really wrong without it being interfered with anything, knowing what's wrong. What's, what, what's wrong with the body? What's wrong with, you know, going on with the illness, the condition? That's one thing. The second thing is knowing what to do that's clean and purified, meaning that hasn't been tampered with. Knowing what to do for that very thing. These are two things that matter in order to get somebody better. In order to get somebody better. In order to get you moving forward. You got those two things down and you're going to be moving forward. No matter what, one way or another, you're going to be moving forward. So that's what it's about. Today's show is about foods that heal the thyroid. And let's talk about food just in general for a minute, okay? Let's talk about foods. If you look back all the way, just meaning just 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you can go as far as you want all the way. Food has nothing to do with healing. Nothing to do with healing, right? That's what we were told. Do you remember that? Do you guys remember any of that? You know, it's... What does food have to do with your disease? What does food have to do with anything? What does food have to do with your thyroid? Never mind anything. What does food have to do? No, it, it was oh, It's not about food. No, 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 no. We heard that in the medical world. It's not about food. 
Uh, food has no make or break or anything. That that has nothing to do with anything. No, no, no. And then it got as years went on, conventional the conventional medicine world was picking up things from the alternative medicine world, and they were picking up oh preventative. Okay, this can prevent this. Okay, this can prevent that. Even though they were the wrong foods for prevent for for preventing disease. That's another thing too. What foods that are heart healthy don't necessarily mean they're heart healthy. That's an example all in its own. The thing is, science and research doesn't know anything about food. You think it does through just the mere few studies or the mere few um, (laughs) programs in general and campaigns towards food by basically breaking it apart, looking into antioxidants and everything else. If you look into that, that's nothing Nothing compared to what's in food, and it's all recent, that stuff. And they haven't even scratched the surface of what's inside a berry. What's inside a berry? I promise you right now, we're years away from knowing what's inside a blueberry. Years and years and years. And we're years away from knowing what's inside other foods and how they work specifically to what illness, to what disease, and everything around it. And, you know, the thing is with foods is that there's a lot of experts now talking about foods for different illnesses and stuff, meaning they're talking about, you know, for instance, thyroid, what to not eat for thyroid and what to eat for thyroid. When it comes to foods to heal our thyroids, first of all, what are we trying to heal? What are we trying to heal? If the expert doesn't know what really happened to the thyroid, with to your thyroid, If the experts don't know what's wrong with your thyroid to begin with, like what causes Hashimoto's, I'm not talking about that whole, that whole thing about what causes Hashimoto's where it's just really, even in the latest books on that, it's, does it even real, doesn't even go to the point of what really causes Hashimoto's. It just, it glazes over the different triggers in your immune system and everything else in your whole body to really know what goes on with your thyroid and our thyroids to know what happened, exactly what happened and why it's hypo, why it's Hashimoto's thyroiditis, why it's hyper, why there's nodules, why there's anything going on with it. And when you know that, which no one does, uh, except you're here and yes, you're going to learn. But until you know and truly find out, then you know what foods can really heal your thyroid How can you know what food heals a thyroid when you don't even know what's wrong with the thyroid? That's that's what's going on out there. If nobody knows why a thyroid really boinked out on us, why a thyroid's really ailing, why someone had to get their thyroid removed, like what was really the cause to the real degree of how it got to that degree, how it got to that point, then maybe if somebody knew that, then they can pick the right foods. But even then, how can they pick the right foods? So you guys, how can they pick the right foods if they don't really know what's in foods? If you don't really know what's in foods, it becomes this guessing game. We don't want to play guessing games. I don't play guessing games. I can't do that. I can't play those games. I can't just get into a hobby and get into this and be like, okay, I'm into this and all that. And hey, this is going to be great for people's thyroids. But no, I don't want to do that. No, it's got to be. 
what it is. It is what it is where it's the truth about what's going on in your thyroid. And it's the truth about what food really heals it. So you can move forward, share that information. So you become the real expert. So you become the real expert instead of playing in a playground of just misinformation that sometimes helps and backs things down or backs some thyroid numbers down if you're eating better and you're staying away from chocolate cake and all that. But it's not the definitive answer to what happened and how to keep it healthy along the way. And that's what this is about. This is part of what this is about. This is a webinar leading you into that direction, leading you into that place of knowing. And that's important. Remember what I said at the very beginning is knowing What's wrong is one part of healing. Really what's wrong, not just throwing over some triggers and, 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 and everything or, or taking a whole belief system towards some kind of modality and then adding some triggers in there. And it's not about that. It's more than that. When you know what's wrong, when you know what's wrong and then you know what to use for it, everything changes. Everything changes. I'm telling you right now, this is so important. I'm telling you right now, everything changes when you know that. So if the best experts still don't know what's wrong, then how would they know what foods to heal it? If you see other, and hear this thing, if you see other sources, experts out there talk about a food good for the thyroid or not, but if they don't know what's going on when they're talking about that with someone's thyroid, then how are they an expert? And, and by chance... If they even found out what was wrong with someone's thyroid by actually tuning into this webinar or picking up one of, of, of Spirit's books, Medical Medium, the information that comes from that place that's untampered with, and they pick it up and they get and they glean from it a truth, they still wouldn't know what foods to use because they would just stay with every food belief system they adopted anyway. So whatever that food belief system they adopted in with, that would be ingrained in the, in the expert. That'd be ingrained in them. So what they do is they would take something that spirit brought to town for the first time in health. Like for example, the Epstein bar getting into the thyroid that came, that original source came from spirit and I, and then that's been plucked now. It's been plucked and then put into other experts' hands out there and sources. So it makes it look like, oh, we know that too. No, actually they don't. They don't know anything about that yet. And when you read thyroid healing, you're, 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 you won't even believe what you're going to read. It's going to just be so shockingly good. The truth is so shockingly good, though, the truth. It's so great to have that in your hands. And... Then you'll know what foods to use. We're going to cover a lot of that today. I'm just trying to prepare you because this is that, this is that intense. So let's talk about the brassica family. You guys know the brassica family, right? Cruciferous, those vegetables, that family. Are you afraid of it? If you got a thyroid issue, are you afraid of those? Are you afraid of those now? How many of you are afraid of those? Maybe some of you might not have seen the negativity about those out there yet in all the thyroid communities, like outdated thyroid communities, I call them. Okay. Maybe you haven't seen it, but the whole Braska family, right? Brussels sprouts, broccoli, Rob, kale, collard greens, cauliflower, broccoli. Did I cover broccoli already? And all of these, 
okay? And, and other ones around that, collard greens, whatever. All of these are bad for the thyroid. That's what we're trained to believe. That's what we're told to believe. This is such an example of everything I just prepared you with originally at the very beginning of this webinar. That's a serious example of what I just prepped you with about the mistakes made. I'm going to go into why this is a great, terrible mistake, a terrible mistake, because you're going to be afraid to eat cauliflower if you listen out to the information that's out there. You're going to avoid cauliflower. You're going to avoid broccoli. You're going to avoid kale, kale. You're going to avoid kale because that's just, you know, that's just some misinformation, some belief system that's been adopted out there, saturated. It's actually everywhere now. And every expert has to put it in their book is, oh, avoid these and these and these. I don't even know really why. What they're told is goitrogenic compounds. Goitrogens, okay? They're told about these, these compounds that are in cauliflower, broccoli. And they're told that these compounds dumb down the thyroid, suppress the thyroid, make it go hypo, suppress hormones. That's what they, they're told. Okay, now it's an easy thing to believe. It's so easy. But remember at the very beginning, I told you the information here doesn't come from interest groups, the whole bit, private panel of influencers and trendy traps. Remember I told you that and trendy traps. This is an example of a trendy trap that can bite you on the butt and mess you up in your healing process. This is an example. Look, I got to watch your back. You know, I. It's hard to even talk like this in many ways, but I got to be tough in order to watch your back. I can't be weak and watch your back. I have to say it like it is. I have to be truthful. It's not about anything else besides watching your back and make sure that you got what you need. That's my job here. And trendy traps like this one can get you and get you good. It can get you good in the food realm with thyroid. I promise you this. It could get you good. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want to know the truth. You can simply just say, well, I'm not sure what the truth is. So I'll just avoid those vegetables altogether. I'm not sure if Anthony's got it down. Look, everybody out there, everybody out there is talking like, oh, this is bad. How can he be right when everybody out there has this going on? If you want to think like that, you're welcome. You're welcome. But you're going to miss out. You're going to be missing out. You're going to be missing out. I didn't start this five, seven years ago. I didn't go to medical school eight years ago. I've been practicing for six years or four years and then picking up the latest trendy misinformation and passing it around like I'm an expert. I didn't do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody going to medical schools and picking up information, that's part of the learning process. But I need you guys not to go through the learning process. And I need the doctors that are listening right now and the healers that are listening now to know what's going on right now so they can move forward full throttle with that power in their hands of the information so they can have the compassion for their patients so they can basically jump ahead and not have to go through seven, eight years of misunderstandings in certain parts. Of, of, you know, alternative medicine. Not everything. You know, doctors are all geniuses in, in, in my opinion, in what they do. And compassionate healers. Talking about in certain areas, especially this one. So you want to jump ahead and you want to move forward. And you being, say, not a doctor or a practitioner, you are that 
person that wants to help other people too. yourself. You want to heal and you want to pass information around and heal. This is important because a trendy trap like those brassica families, the, the, the crucifi- you know, cruciferous families, cruciferous families of foods poisoning our thyroid is misinformation. There's something in those vegetables. There's something in those vegetables that we need in order to heal the thyroid. Yes, there's something in those vegetables that we need in order to heal the thyroid that are, that are critical, compounds that are critical to healing the thyroid. Yes, because by keeping kale away from your thyroid but yet not knowing what really causes thyroid disease is a great mistake. I'm telling you right now, a great mistake. So if you don't know what's going on with the thyroid really, what, how disease is really caused in the thyroid, and you take away a food that actually can help that problem, but you take it away for all the wrong reasons because you don't know, that's a problem. That's a problem. You see how it works? And so, for instance, kale. Kale has phytochemical compounds to get into the thyroid and start de-viraling it. De-viraling. Yeah, virus, the virus that gets in the thyroid. Kale can get into the thyroid, kill off the bugs that are creating thyroid disease. Kill off the bugs that are creating thyroid disease of all kinds. That's what it can do. And so can cauliflower. They all have different levels of this phytochemical compound, the sulfur-rich compound. They all have different levels of it. So what I'm saying is if you're like, well, I'm sitting on the fence. I still don't know if I buy this. <clears throat> I, still, I still don't know if I buy this because everybody says they're bad for you, these vegetables. So I may, I'll just avoid them altogether, play it on the safe side. You're cheating yourself out. Sorry. You're cheating yourself out. I got to be straightforward and I got to be honest. Why am I bringing that up again? Because I know someone's saying that right now. I know it. I know it. And, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, when it comes down to these vegetables, you can eat a lot of them and it's not going to harm the thyroid. Because guess what's in these vegetables? Anti-gortogenic compounds. anti compounds to the very thing that they see is trouble that's undiscovered. Safe guards, safe faults, compounds that cancel out compounds. That's what's in these. See, you can find things that don't seem like they're good for us in anything and everything But to just pick on that is like picking on somebody who's doing an incredible job at your office or helping you out at your charity or whatever it is. Someone who's working their butt off at the food bank with you or whatever's going on. And they're working their butts off. But they're a pain in the butt too sometimes. Sometimes they just, they might show up late once in a while. And or, or. They, they, they tell a lot of stories. So you're trying to get work done, and you got somebody that's telling a lot of stories. But guess what? They're, they're, without them, we'd be in trouble. 
Without them, we would be in trouble. They still get there. They still work. And they still accomplish when they're there. In fact, that when they get there, they accomplish twice as much as some of the other people that are there where you work or where you're working in some way or at the food bank where you're working, whatever it is. There's somebody, this somebody is getting things done. Yeah, they tell too many stories. Yeah, they talk too much. They kind of burn your ear out. Yep, and sometimes they ask for advice too, and it's it's tiring. But boy, do they get a lot done, and boy, are they worth having there. Do we just kick them out? Do we just kick them out altogether? Do we just boot them? We know if we booted them, the food bank or the office or wherever we're working or whatever we're doing, we know if we booted them, we'd be kind of in trouble because they do way more than we even knew. And they do way more than anybody knows. And there's something inside of you that knows not to do it. Knows that we got to keep that person there. I just deal with their stories. Deal with some of the things they ask. Deal with once in a while. They come in late once in a while. Big deal. They stay later. So that's what it is. You know, you don't want to boot that person. Of course not. Of course not. How, how can you do that? But it's like that with these vegetables. You don't want to boot those because you hear about this one little thing that's going on. You don't because there's so many other things going on with these vegetables, with the cauliflower, with the kale, with the broccoli, with all of it. There's so many things with the Brussels sprouts going on with them that we don't know, that we don't even know, that we're aware of. Some of some we're aware of like vitamins and minerals, sure, but many things we don't know too with these. Science of research hasn't tapped into what these do. There's something in kale, like I said, a phytochemical compound that destroys pathogens in the thyroid. What pathogens? Well, pathogens we're going to talk about later that enter into a thyroid, that enter into a thyroid and cause thyroid disease. Okay? And there's also phytochemical compounds in this brassica family. In this brassica family. Okay? In this cruciferous family. There are phytochemical compounds that actually revive and rejuvenate and bring back the thyroid. Cruciferous family is working for us. Gets into the thyroid, helps revive. So instead of dumb down, break down, and trashing our thyroids, lowering, suppressing, depressing our thyroids, they do the opposite. They revive the thyroid. They revive the thyroid. I have to talk about it that much because I, I thought I'd be able to break that myth, that terrible trendy myth down a couple of years ago. A few years ago, I thought I'd break it down. Actually, even before that, it's only gaining speed <laughs> out there. So I, I just have to tell you so you can take care of your family, take care of yourself, and not be afraid. There's not enough toxic Goitrogenic compound. Goitrogenic compounds aren't even toxic. There's not enough of that compound in a barrel of broccoli to harm you to begin with, especially with the anti-goitrogenic compounds that are in there that aren't even discovered. They, that will be discovered. They will be. They will be discovered. They will. But there's not enough. You can eat a lot if you wanted to. And if you're afraid to, don't. There's only so much you can eat with broccoli. There's only so much Brussels sprouts you can eat. They're so filling. Brussels sprouts are so filling. You, you just you can't even you can't even eat a lot of them. What eight of them? Six of them? <laughs> what a half a head of broccoli steamed? 
a head of broccoli steamed? I don't know. That's a, I mean, plus you want to eat other things. So, and that's not enough, but it is really helpful to healing, to healing your thyroid. So this is really important. Okay, let's go into some foods. Let's go into some great food. Artichokes, they support the production of thyroid hormones, but it's not just supporting them. They, they, there's so many compounds undiscovered yet in artichokes that work for your thyroid. There's subgroups of phytochemicals, subgroups of them that shrink nodules and tumors and cysts. So artichokes have the power. They hold the power to actually help shrink nodules, bring nodules down, to shrink cysts down in the thyroid, to bring down tumors in thyroids. Artichokes are that important. They do that much. And artichokes protect you from invaders that try to enter the thyroid. So if you don't even have thyroid disease, you want to eat artichokes because they guard and protect invaders from coming into the thyroid. You know those, you know the leaves on that artichoke? You know what I'm talking about. You know the leaves. I mean, some of you may never even even looked at an artichoke. I mean, that's not unusual. It's a weird-looking kind of vegetable. I mean, it's odd. It's an odd-looking kind of vegetable. Almost looks like a pineapple, but it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Anyway, you know those leaves that are actually on the outside of that that artichoke, right? Those leaves. That's the artichoke's armor. That's its armor. That that's there to protect the good the goods that are in there, the heart of that artichoke. And those leaves, okay, the ends of those leaves have those nutrients in there that you want to nibble off, right, when you steam an artichoke. But those leaves are the artichoke heart's shield. And that's how you have to look at that artichoke. It's protecting an inner core. And that's what it does Science is going to see this probably maybe 30 years down the road. They're going to know what it really does. But the nutrients that are in the end of the leaves, that are in, that are in, the, that are in, the, in the leaves that you scrape off with your teeth, okay, have phytochemical compounds, all right, and different antioxidants, undiscovered antioxidants, amino acids that are undiscovered, because there's more amino acids actually undiscovered, by the way, in these vegetables, these are safeguarding the center of your thyroid. They're safeguarding the center of the thyroid just as they're safeguarding the heart of that artichoke. Just letting you know. Um, you know, when it comes down to artichokes, try to get the fresh ones if you can. Um, that's usually the best because when it, what's really strange is when it comes down to bottled or canned or frozen artichoke hearts. You know, I was I was really happy about these frozen artichoke hearts. You know, I was like, okay, great, we got frozen, you know, frozen artichoke hearts. I could tell everybody you get frozen artichoke hearts, but 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 don't jump don't jump ahead and get start ordering them right away. They often contain citric acid. That's the corn you know derived irritant, citric acid. 
And um, so you want the fresh ones whenever you can. But if you look for frozen ones, look out, look at the ingredient list and try to avoid citric acid. If for some reason it's all you can get, soak them overnight. So if you get the frozen ones and there's citric acid in them, you know, as a preservative that was thrown on them, then soak those babies overnight. Soak them overnight before you steam them. Before you steam them, soak them overnight, and you'll be, uh, you know, a lot better. And you'll still get the benefits that you need if that's the only way you can get them. That That's okay because that's what I did because, I, you know, that's the whole point. I said, okay, let me do this. Let me, let me get them anyway. I see the citric acid on there. I hate that citric acid thing. Um, years ago, I was the first person to bring to everybody about how bad citric acid was, meaning we want to avoid it. So that that's another thing that came from me really early on for everybody. Um, and, um, you know, and so what happens is I, so- I soaked them, soaked them all night long in water. That's what I did. I got a bowl out, dumped them in, just soaked them all night long in water. And then after I steamed them, I felt really good because it was like 99.9% citric acid was gone. So that's a technique you can do. Um, and if you put, when you, when you steam them, if you put a little salt in the water or, you know, if you, if you poach them or whatever you do, you can put a little, little sea salt in the water, not a lot, a little pinch. And that can uh, be helpful to pull citrus citric acid off. If you soak them overnight in the bowl, put a little pinch of sea salt in the, uh, in the bowl of water with the artichoke hearts, the frozen ones. This way it's, uh, that, that's, that's in a, <clears throat> that's a great way of actually extracting. So let's, let's talk about some other foods too, which really good. Here's another one that's controversial, really, really controversial. Okay. And I say that because we talked about the brassica family, right? And how controversial that is, but how incredibly important it is that we need, desperately need that for healing our thyroid. So we don't want to ignore those. You don't want to stop a kale salad, as I said before. Um, But let's talk about another one that's really controversial for the thyroid, Atlantic sea vegetables, dulse and kelp, iodine, iodine. This is, this is controversial out there. So controversial that even if I, if I even write about it out there, all of a sudden, just a whole bunch of angry bees just come out. They come out with misinformation. They come out armed with misinformation and they just swing in their swords and, you know, and what they don't understand is they're not hurting me. They're hurting you because they're just spewing out information that's wrong that can stop you from healing your thyroid. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. So Atlantic sea vegetables, dulse and kelp, really good for the thyroid. Iodine's fantastic for the thyroid. So someone might say, well, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, you can't use iodine. It aggravates things. First of all, if you don't know what causes Hashimoto's, truly don't know, and you're going to, you guys are going to know when you read this book. I mean, to the, it's not just, like I said, the Epstein-Barr aspect. It's every part of how the thyroid works. And, and I think you're, it's just, you know, yeah. I mean, seriously, it's mind-blowing. Um, I'm saying that because I'm so excited. I'm just so excited. But the bottom line is, is with, when it comes down to iodine, 
Iodine is a disinfectant for the thyroid. And if you don't know what's wrong with the thyroid, how can you say something isn't good for something? How can you say that something isn't good? It was like I was prepping you guys before with that kind of armor to know this. Is It's about knowing what's wrong. And if there's a pathogen in your thyroid, like the Epstein-Barr, like I talk about, because that's, the, that's what gets into the thyroid, causes most thyroid disease. When it gets in there, we need to kill it. We need to kill it. That's what we need to do. And then you're free. And then your thyroid heals. It heals up. A few years' time, it, 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 it recovers. Scar tissue recovers. Everything heals up. It starts to move forward. It starts to – everything starts happening. Produces uh, you know, hormones. Everything that needs to be done gets out of hypo. But how do you kill something off when you don't know what's in it to begin with or you don't know what to use? Well, iodine – is a disinfectant. It gets into the thyroid, into the thyroid, and it starts to get rid of bugs inside the thyroid. That's what it does. And so you don't have to play with a lot of iodine. If you're afraid, don't even use iodine at all then, but have a little bit of dulse. Iodine deficiency is still with us today, but on a different scale. On a different scale. See, years ago and years ago, we were iodine deficient when food first began to be stripped away, when all that grain was stripped away. Back, back in the very early days of manufacturing grain and everything else, everything was stripped away. And then, you know, and, and we got bad habits in, diet, in our diets at certain times of the century, 20th century. Bad habits, eating a lot of stripped food. Not a lot of good food. Not a lot of iodine was in fields either. A lot of conventional food, no iodine-rich soil. <clears throat> a lot of organic farms. Not a lot of them, but many of them try to use seaweed fertilizers, seaweed fertilizers into the soil. This makes the food more enriched with iodine. And thank God they're doing that. If they weren't doing that, we'd have extremely deficient iodine uh, food, we'd be deficient in iodine. But, that, but here's the thing. We need more of it than we ever did because the world has changed. So what they're doing is just compensating. They're compensating. So the, the, the organic food of today is enriched with a little bit more iodine in the soil, but that's because our iodine needs, which science and research has not mapped out or adjusted for or anything, has increased. It has increased. See, this is never before information. That's, I've never even released yet. You guys are getting. That's the whole point. Never before out there in any field of alternative and conventional medicine. Well, conventional medicine and alternative medicine, research and science, does not know is our iodine needs has increased. Has increased. The world has changed. Soil has a little bit more iodine in it, especially when it comes down to organic foods like I was talking about. But, but we need more. We need more than just what's offered on that basis. And why do we need more? Because our thyroids are under attack. Our bodies and our immune systems are under attack like never before in history. In history. So our thyroid needs a little bit more antiseptic to protect itself, to knock down any kind of viruses, to knock down any kind of trouble. It needs more 
of that. It needs more of what sea vegetables offer, which is the extraction of heavy metals, toxic heavy metals. That's a whole other thing too. The spirulina, the chaga, the barley grass juice powder. Those are important for the thyroid. They're also important because they pull out toxic heavy metals. And the dulse is important too. Toxic heavy metals. Toxic heavy metals feed. They become food. They feed viruses. So sea vegetables offer a place. They offer a place in our lives to help us with preventative. Also help us heal. But if you pick up the misinformation, the trendy trap I was talking about, that it, that it left that I did that annoying, you know, monologue on that about all the different stuff we have to look out for. If we get sucked into a trendy trap, we're afraid of iodine altogether. We got a thyroid problem. We got Hashimoto's. We're getting bad information, misinformation from the experts out there. And with that, we get cheated. We get cheated and we get hurt. We get hurt in the end or we just don't heal completely or we heal for a little while and then it goes backwards again. No, completely with the thyroid. We want to heal completely and you need some dulse. You need some kelp in the diet. These are sea vegetables. It's controversial, but you need it. Don't go with Pacific coast. Don't go with the, you know, Pacifica. Don't go with that one. When it comes down to sea vegetables, the uh, West coast is, is, you know, the water there's a little too polluted. Atlantic sea dolls comes from the top. It comes from Maine. It comes from way up there. And it's just right. It's just right. It can do so much for you. And you want that because you're going to get the iodine needs you need to be, to be that disinfectant, to help also with radiation. That's another thing too. Sea vegetables protect the thyroid against radiation. So if you're afraid to eat dulse because the recent, you know, the most recent thyroid experts telling you stay away from iodine, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to be protecting the thyroid from radiation. It's important. What do sea vegetables protect the thyroid from? Thyroid cancer. What does iodine protect the thyroid from? Thyroid cancer. Thyroid cancer. That's what the iodine protects the thyroid with. So we can just throw it out? Oh, I got Hashimoto's. I heard not to do iodine. Oh, I don't know what to do here. I got this newest book. It's saying no iodine. What, what do I do? I'll tell you what to do. Get a little dulse in your diet. Throw it in a smoothie if you need to. And while you're at it, a little spirulina, which is also another controversial food for because of iodine for the thyroid. But don't get fooled by that. I've seen spirulina bring people back from the dead. <laughs> I've seen it recover people's nervous systems so they can walk again. Okay? They happen to have Hashimoto's too, by the way. So what if they didn't take their spirulina every day and didn't recover? <clears throat> it would have lost out. I've been doing this for decades, not eight years, not nine years, not 11 years, not 15 years. Not four years. 
I've been doing this for decades, looking out for people for decades, and I've helped tens of thousands of people. And I don't want you getting cheated out. Get the spirulina in there. It's the controversy with it right now is is wrong. Spirulina, just do a teaspoon a day. It's all you need, half a teaspoon a day. Do a half a teaspoon a day if you need to do a half a teaspoon a day. Do a quarter teaspoon a day. If you think you're sensitive and you're afraid of supplements, talk to your practitioner. Talk to your practitioner. Talk to your natural practitioner or whoever you got that you love and say, can I do a quarter teaspoon of spirulina? And get a little bit of that in there. It helps protect the thyroid from thyroid cancer. It helps remove radiation from the thyroid. It has iodine, little traces of iodine in it. The kind of iodine we need to protect ourselves from getting Hashimoto's. Because if you don't know what causes Hashimoto's to begin with, it's not a myriad of things. You know what causes Hashimoto's if you've read book one. It's the Epstein-Barr. I go into greater detail in this thyroid healing book, but it's the Epstein-Barr. And guess what? Iodine in a sea vegetable is helpful because it's anti-Epstein-Barr in the thyroid. So that's a whole other one I wanted to cover with you guys. Have one strip of dulse every other day. Have one strip of dulse once a week. Just get it in because you're going to protect yourself. You're going to protect yourself from getting thyroid cancer. You're going to protect yourself from getting a more scarred up thyroid where scarring starts to occur or something else starts to happen. You're going to protect yourself. So don't be afraid of the iodine deal because that's going to get you in trouble. That's going to get you in trouble. Don't, don't, don't take a bottle of iodine, the kind that you topically use from the pharmacy for a wound to kill off staph. Which is amazing. You see what that does? <laughs> As a topical, that iodine kills us. It's a disinfectant. Bacteria. kills off pathogens. Bacteria. But don't take that one and just <laughs> consume it, whatever you do. That's not one that's for oral use. And uh, that's not the one you want. Let's go into some other foods, too. Let's do this. I want, this is a controversial one right here. I want to go over those first. And and um, and then maybe we'll go over some of the other ones that I'm sure are in you know they're 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 okayed out there maybe not by everybody but whatever who cares all right bananas yeah I said it bananas yep you know bananas help restore neurotransmitters so neurotransmitter diseases neurological problems because. Neurotoxins from viruses such as EBV get into our body and it causes problems like brain fog and everything else. For hypoglycemia, bananas are incredible for hypoglycemia. Balancing blood sugar, protecting the adrenals, safeguarding the adrenals. They have anti-inflammatory properties. They're an anti-Epstein-Barr food. But the trend out there, the trend is no bananas. A trend that started... From literally about, I think it was 11 years ago, I remember when it started. I won't mention names. I remember the very person who happened to be popular in alternative medicine that hated bananas personally decided to impregnate oriental medicine and then eventually um, uh, alternative medicine in general with the bad thought or the idea that bananas are bad for us, too much sugar and they're bad for us. It was a disaster that that happened. Don't be afraid of a banana. 
They're antibacterial. They don't create candida. They keep your candida balanced. They actually do the opposite. They knock out strep inside the intestinal tract. I know we're going off course a little, but I need to tell you how important a banana is. But it's anti-Epstein-Barr neurotoxin. The neurotoxin, it gives you so many different symptoms of neurological problems like brain fog that actually make up for what people think is a thyroid problem when it's really the virus itself, like Epstein-Barr. Bananas, by lowering Epstein-Barr, can protect you and prevent you from getting Hashimoto's thyroiditis or hyperthyroidism or Graves. It's the same thing almost. They're kind of the same. Graves and hyperthyroidism, there's a lot of similarities. One's a little bit more severe versus less. But the point is, and we cover that in this, by the way, Spirit and I cover that in this book, but, but bananas can safeguard you, protect you, so you don't get something like that. Or if you have it, you can help it. So you can help recover. That's what a banana can do. So banana fear is unbelievable out there, but nobody knows really what's in bananas. That's another thing too. Research and science hasn't even gotten there, hasn't even really looked. Potassium, they stopped at potassium, guys. They stopped at potassium. That's where they stopped. Research and science just said, oh, okay, bananas got potassium. That's good for you. By the way, that is good for you. It's incredible for neurotransmitters, potassium. It's incredible for the brain, It restores the brain potassium from bananas, restores the brain, but partially restores the brain. It's helpful. It's one of of the catalysts, one of the the things that we need. But we're, we're afraid of those bananas. That's what's going on out there. Bananas grow in a calcium-rich soil. They have to grow in soil that's calcium-rich, high in calcium. Calcium is also important for the central nervous system. Calcium we get from foods like bananas. Calcium is incredible for the nervous system, the very thing that the neurotoxins affect from Epstein-Barr. Calcium also is important because when we get nodules from, from you know, Epstein-Barr creates nodules in the thyroid. When we get the nodules in the thyroid, we lose calcium in the body. And then doctors don't realize this. And they say, oh, well, what's, what's your thyroid going bad? You're aging, so you're losing calcium. Take all these calcium pills. No, it's not it. That's not it. Because calcium's actually being used to try to protect you. It's being used to try to protect you. But the nodules that are happening, that's all involved with calcium. And what happens is the bananas help support to stop that, to help give you those calcium reserves back so you don't go into calcium deficit because you're getting nodules. So bananas are helpful all kinds of different ways. So we want to throw them out just because no one knew anything about a banana 11 years ago and they had just, it was just a, it was just, you know, hey, uh, anti-sugar, the anti-sugar uh, craze went right through, went right through the uh, alternative medicine field. Still is there today. You just It's still there worse than ever, actually, than it ever even was. But somebody literally implanted that, that poisonous information that's taking over and it's going to rob and steal and thief from you, healing from you. We're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. I'm sorry. So don't be afraid of banana. So let's see if there's any other. <laughs> let's just see if there's any other. Sorry about this. I'm laughing a little. I can't help it. Um, you know, it's just this stuff is as 
it makes me it makes me giggle a little because you know it's it's one of these things where I know what it's like if you're afraid of something and someone says, "Hey, look, no, try this. Hey, look, try this. Try this." You know, and you're you're afraid of it. I know what that's like. It's not fun. It's uncomfortable. You know, so you might be so anti-banana in every way. Just don't eat one that's so overripe and don't eat one that's totally green, whatever you do, because then you're going to, you know, you're going to be like, oh, I ate one that's green. It's going to have like, it's going it, to, it's, it's not ripe. It's not going to taste good. But here's the deal. If, you know, if you're afraid of something and someone's like, no, here, try it. Has that ever happened to you with anything? You guys, has it happened to you with anything in your life? Someone's like, no, try it, try it. And you're afraid, you've heard a lot of bad things, you don't want to try it, it's uncomfortable, that's why I'm laughing. And uh, and so I get it, I get it. When I was little, spirit did that to me all the time. And I trusted spirit, so I just did it, I just did it. I just, okay, I'll eat this, okay, I'll eat this. I'd be in the woods, I was eight years old, be in the woods, and spirit said, you know, you can pick that and you can eat it. I'd be like, like, you crazy? This I don't know what this weed is. I don't know what this, this herb is that's on the ground. And the spirit said, no, this is actually okay. It's plantain. Pick it, chew it up, suck the juice out of it, and spit out the fiber. And, you know, it, was, it, it drove me crazy because it was constantly, you know, it was always like, wait a minute. I, you know, my, my parents told me don't eat any crazy berries in the, in the woods. Don't eat anything. <laughs> don't eat any poisonous berries. Don't pick any mushrooms, whatever you do, and eat them. And spirits telling me which ones I can do, and I was I was like, wait a minute, I'm I'm nervous here, I'm nervous. So I'm telling you to do a banana. You've been told, or you've been told in so many ways, and the trendy trap sucked you in. Stay away from bananas. You're afraid of bananas. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Let's do some different ones. Let's do some other ones. Um, so. Let's talk about cucumbers. Cucumbers are important, right? Cucumbers, that's an easy one to talk about a little bit. They strengthen the adrenals and kidneys. They flush toxins from viruses such as Epstein-Barr out of the bloodstream. They hydrate the lymphatic system. You know where your lymphatic system is? You're around your thyroid. It's other places too. You know that. But you know where the most important part of your lymphatic system lies? It lies in your neck. That's the most important part. Your lymphatic system around your lungs, your chest, around your colon, in your groin is important too and critical. But it's not as important as the lymphatic system that's around your thyroid so you want to protect that lymphatic system. You want to hydrate it. Even if you can't exercise, even if you're sick, even if you can't, you're so fatigued because you've been suffering from a viral condition or you've been diagnosed with Lyme or whatever's going on, which is probably a viral condition. You know, the whole thing, even if you're, you're, you're really hurting and you can't exercise, you can't even walk good. Absolutely. i kidding me. There's so many people. You, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've been there. And so if you can't take care of yourself that way, you can do the cucumbers. You can bring them into your diet. It will support the lymphatic system. It'll cleanse your lymphatic system around your thyroid without you exercising. That's how important that is. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. That's really, that's really something that is, is important. That's a great one. So I talked about kale earlier. Kale's got these alkaloids 
that protect you against viruses such as the EBV. So it's got alkaloids that are undiscovered by research and science that protect us from viruses and pathogens. These alkaloids kill off pockets of viruses throughout the body. So when you got Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is a viral condition that, thank God, Spirit and I brought to the table years ago. Thank God we brought that out first. I don't care who says, oh, we know that. No, 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 no. It came from us. When that happens, that thyroid, you know, gets gets infected and you got the Hashimoto's thyroiditis kale, the very thing you're being told to stay away from with Hashimoto's and everything else actually has alkaloids to kill off pockets of viruses. So point I left out from the Brassica family, I just remembered I had to kick in. So garlic, do you like garlic? If, if you can't handle garlic, I completely understand, you know, and, and uh, I don't hold anything to you know, against you on any level. Garlic is a tricky one. A lot of people can handle it. A lot of people can't. Um, if you can't handle garlic, go with onions, go with scallions. It's amazing for thyroid healing. Amazing for thyroid healing. I'm serious. Garlic is an antiviral, like, bomb. Yeah, just, you just you, when you're putting it into you, it's a quiet bomb. A good bomb. <laughs> it's a quiet good bomb. You put it into you, and it kills off strep. Cofactor stepstein bar. It kills off strep, which is which is basically the UTI thing. Sinus infections all from strep. UTIs from strep. All that. SIBO from strep. It garlic protects you against all of that, but it does protect your thyroid when you eat garlic. You know, try not to burn your throat when you eat that raw garlic really hard. Just get it in you any way you can. But, you know, if you get a little of that raw garlic and some guacamole, and which, you know, I had pretty recently. I, I had some guacamole, and it had a lot of garlic in there, a lot of garlic in there. That's because I put a lot of garlic in there. It happened to be a really hot hot bulb of garlic. You know how some, I don't know if you you guys are familiar with garlic that much, but you know how some are a little bit more mild and it's a different variety grown somewhere different, you know, whether it's grown in California or a different farm in California or grown somewhere else in the country. And it's, it's, it's hotter than you can imagine or it's milder than it's mild. And it's like, whoa. So I put a lot of cloves of garlic in that guacamole Man, was my mouth on fire. So it's like, no, no, I didn't even put that much avocado. I had one avocado, a whole bunch of chopped cilantro. I had even chopped scallions, scallions in there. I put lemon in there. Okay? I put a little chopped spinach in there. So maybe it wasn't really a guacamole in the end. So it didn't have enough avocado. <laughs> and then, and then I, I minced. I, I mean, put through a little, you know, squeezer press. Like four cloves of this, four large cloves of this really hot garlic, and man, was it hot. So you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can do a half a clove of garlic in something like that, quarter of a clove if you felt like it. But the garlic, it gets in the throat. It gets into in the throat, the lymphatic system. It gets right there. It gets right into the throat. It gets right into the thyroid. There's compounds, antiviral compounds in the garlic that get in that get into the throat and they find their way to the thyroid. Imagine that. I can't tell you how many times I've seen throughout the years, garlic's bad for you. 
Stay away from garlic. It's bad for you. Something something medicine says it's bad for you. Something something modality from across the world says it's bad for you. Stay away from garlic. But it's not bad for you if you're dealing with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. No one factored that one in. (laughs) That's what happens with modalities. That's what happens with belief systems. Whether they're Eastern, Western, whatever it is, that's what happens. It could cheat you. We're avoiding that. We're staying. We're keeping it straight forward. And we're just dealing in truth. Not talking about just one truth. I'm not just talking about some truth. I'm saying we're staying saturated in real truth in real time so that you don't aren't afraid of a half a clove of raw garlic on your salad or in your avocado because you heard from a practitioner that's a, saturated in a different belief system and it's okay. You tell that loving practitioner, look – A half a clove is going to help with Hashimoto's. And that practitioner might actually start recommending that and break the trend or whatever they were saturated in. I've heard it over and over again. Don't eat garlic out there. No, don't be afraid of garlic. Okay? I have to bring this stuff up because it's like cracking the outside of that egg. Don't eat eggs, by the way. (laughs) It's about, about cracking that shell, cracking that stony eggs when you have when you have anything to do with the thyroid problems. Don't eat eggs. If you have no thyroid problems whatsoever, no worries. You feel great. You're just listening to this because you know you want to be an expert at this information. Totally fine. Okay, have an egg. Have an egg, and I'm sure you'll pick a good one. <laughs> but. But if you're dealing with anything, I don't care if it's even the slightest symptom. I don't care if you sneeze too much. I do care. I don't want you doing that. But don't do an egg. Don't do an egg. But um, just trying to crack the ice here a little bit. Crack the ice a little bit. All right, all right. Celery. Come on. If you guys, if you guys know me, you know celery. If you know me, you know celery, right? Celery strengthens the hydrochloric acid in the gut. It helps the liver produce bile to break down food. Okay? That alone, nobody knows that. We only know that here. I'm saying that so you just don't look for something that isn't there. It's here. Don't be afraid of celery. Celery is good for you. Provides mineral salts. Mineral salts. Celery provides mineral salts. Oh, I knew celery had sodium. Someone's going to say... No, 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 no. Special subgroups of mineral salts that are not discovered by research and science that attack viruses that cause Hashimoto's thyroiditis. That's right. Celery also stabilizes the adrenals. It offers powerful electrolytes for the central nervous system. And celery boosts T3. When T3 is going down on people, it boosts T3. See, you can't go wrong with some celery. Don't be afraid of it. If you hate celery altogether, I don't blame you. Some people don't like it. They don't like the taste. Try to juice, it, try to juice some of it. Try to get stock in you. Uh, there's ways. I, I have ways in here that I'm offering how to use celery that you'll see. Avocados. There's nothing wrong with a little avocado. Okay, it contains a phytochemical that actually protects 
the gut, the intestinal tract. A lot of people have intestinal tract problems that were diagnosed with thyroid problems too. And there's a reason, there's a reason. I talk all about it in this book. There's a reason. We're going to cover what we can in each webinar. But avocados, they, they naturally calm down the linings for sensitive nerves. So you could do a little avocado. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good one. So, I mean, this is just, this is just, as far as some of the pieces, let's go on. Let's move forward. Are you with me? Get some tea, get some, uh, we've already gone, gone quite a while. So why don't we take a sip of something here? Um, I got a little tea right here. There's no caffeine in it. I can't do caffeine. There we go. I can't do caffeine. I get enough energy. I don't want any caffeine. <laughs> all right, all right. Plus, caffeine's tough on the adrenals. So I try to go with the decaffeinated teas. Let's go with the herbal teas. This is a nettle tea right here. Um, I happen to really love nettle tea for what it does and what it offers. So you pick up some nettle tea. There's, you, know, you can easily do that. Peppermint tea, that's another good one. I had that earlier. Peppermint tea. Nothing wrong with that. Asparagus. Do you guys like asparagus? What do we know about asparagus? Uh, our pea smells, right? That's what we know about it pretty much. We don't know that much about it. Research and science is tapping into different chemical compounds in asparagus. They're working on it. You Listen, I'm proud of research and science. I know I'm tough on it. But if I'm not tough on it, then how are you going to get things to move forward faster? Who's got 100 years to wait? Come on. Come on. So asparagus... Asparagus is great. It's a great supporter for the thyroid. It, it's, it's like one of these supporters for the thyroid. You know, you, you want a supporter in your life, a family member that supports you, a friend that supports you. And if sometimes we run dry, sometimes we run dry in our life where we don't have some support, where our friend isn't really supporting us. Maybe, you know, an old friend does, maybe a new friend doesn't, or maybe a new friend does. It, we, whatever, a family member, maybe somebody's supporting us at work, but somebody's, somebody's not patting you on the back. Maybe, maybe we have no support for the moment. We're a little dry on support. So we have to get in other places, other places. And so, I, yeah, hey, if you're a little dry on support, asparagus, that's what, asparagus is the supporter it's our advocate. It's our thyroid's advocate. It's our th- it, that's what it does. It prohibits injury to thyroids. Prohibits injuries to the thyroid. That's what its job is to do. It's basically it's a supporter to help to help prohibit injuries. We've got phytochemicals in the skin in the tips of the asparagus that push back invaders pushes back invaders, whatever that invader may be, meaning like if it's a chemical invader, if it's a viral invader, it just pushes back invaders. And that's what it does. So you have to keep that in mind. You know, we have to get more of that in. Asparagus has an alkaloid in it that acts as a gentle aspirin throughout the body, a gentle aspirin throughout the body. Not an aspirin that thins out the blood. Not an aspirin that's really acidic, you know, tough on the stomach when we, when we take an aspirin. If someone takes an aspirin, you know, it's, you know, the whole bit. 
That's not what I'm talking about, but it's got an aspirin-type chemical, phytochemical, and alkaloid that's undiscovered by research and science that actually calms down the body and it, it acts as an anti-inflammatory because it's an aspirin-like quality. You can lick, you can put it raw in juice. You could steam it. Could put it raw in juice and you can steam it. It you, you got the option. Do you like steamed asparagus? Because that's really that's really important. It's important to have. It really is. So let's talk about some other things. What about figs? What about a handful of dried figs? If you can't get a fresh fig, what I like about figs is they take out, they grab things out of our body that doesn't that doesn't help us. It grabs things out of the intestinal tract. It grabs poisons. It grabs other pathogens. It grabs pesticides. It grabs pharmaceuticals out of the body, drives them out of the intestinal tract. Why do we want those out? They could become food for a pathogen that could cause harm on a thyroid. So that's, that's what I like about figs. You could do fresh figs. You could do some dried figs if you really want to. Um, you getting any of this down? Are we getting any of this down? So yeah, let's keep on going. Papayas. Papayas, that's one right there. What I like about papayas is that when we have anything to do with thyroid, we usually have already had something to do with the central nervous system. Most everybody, not everybody yet, but most everybody has had something to do, some kind of symptoms. You guys might have had that, you know, fatigue. That's actually central nervous system. That's neurological fatigue for the most part for many people. It's, it's not just adrenals. And when we have any kind of symptoms that are central nervous system, symptoms that are central nervous system based, anything in the intestinal tract, like what I'm saying is overall nerves all go to the intestinal tract. Our nervous system drives right down to our colon, stomach, duodenum. And a lot of people have intestinal tract problems from nerves, from nerves, sensitivities, like pains, aches, cramps, all from nerves. A lot of this, all kinds of different things. A little bit of papaya helps restore the central nervous system. It helps clean out neurotoxin damage. It raises, rebuilds hydrochloric acid. It's got a high vitamin C content. All this is good, believe it or not, for the thyroid. And it's got a rich orange flesh. Rich orange flesh that actually supports the thyroid. See, in that orange flesh of a papaya, that orange nature... The phytochemical compounds in that, in that flesh of that papaya help revive the thyroid. It helps revive the thyroid. It attracts more sunlight into the thyroid itself when we're not getting enough sunlight. It becomes the sunlight of the thyroid. So if you're all if you're in all winter long, your thyroid's not getting the kind of sunlight it needs. And I talk about that in thyroid healing. It's okay. You'll see when you get into that, when you get into that section, you won't even believe it. You won't believe your eyes. <clears throat> and so when you read it, so what happens is that that papaya, that deep orange nature, that red flesh, that red orange flesh, it actually recreates a, a, a sunlight for 
the thyroid. Now you might be saying, well, how's that possible? It's not the sun. No, no. What it does is that flesh became orange because it sat in some of the strongest sun that you can possibly imagine. That, that papaya tree grew in the strongest sun you can possibly imagine. The hottest, strongest sun. The most unforgiving sun. <laughs> Burn your skin right off you kind of sun. That's what those papayas were grown, grown in. And they sat in that all day out there, every day, and they grew. That red-orange flesh is sun-derived. It's sun-derived. It's orange and red because of the amount of sun that actually even came to it. It's part of it. That's the reaction that happened. That's a chemical process that occurred. The nature of the papaya was so involved with the sun. That's why it's red-orange. And what that does is it acts up as a backup sun. You eat those papayas and you're in the dead of winter or whatever. It enhances the thyroid with sun energy. So that's something to think about. What does that do? Supports the immune system around the thyroid. That's going to be another fun thing to get into. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Maple syrup, if you like it, you can have a little bit. What, what do you think about that? Maple syrup, if you like it, you can have a little bit. Come on. Not bad. It holds lots of trace minerals that fortify our brain and nervous system. That's very important. And it helps us build glycogen um, storage banks. All of this is important. Maple syrup helps build glycogen storages. That's glucose storages, which protect your adrenals. In the end, helping your thyroid. A little bit of maple syrup won't hurt. If you're really afraid of it, then, then, then don't worry. Then keep it away. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. But I'm just saying if you like it or you're already eating it or you have a little in a recipe, you know, the real thing, the real thing. If you have a little bit in, it's okay. Because guess what? It supports the adrenals. I mean, don't sit there and drink a bottle of maple syrup and don't have any food. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I know you're not going to do that. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it probably would, I don't know, it would taste really good at first and then get a little too sweet. We know that. You don't have to put them on a whole bunch of wheat pancakes with butter. No, don't do that. Don't have, you know, we, we don't have all that gluten. Don't have all that butter. <laughs> but you could, <laughs> but you can still put it in some recipes. Put a little bit in and it supports the adrenals. So don't, don't be afraid if it's, if you're over a friend's house and they put a little bit of maple syrup in something, unless there's just some reason why you just, you hate it in so many ways. I, I respect that. Don't worry. Of course, of course. Then move to raw honey if that's the case. A little bit of raw honey. Um, let's see. Radishes. Radishes. Incredible antiviral food. I mean, there's a sulfur in radishes. A sulfur unlike any other sulfur that specifically kills pathogens throughout the body. Okay, so this, let's just say. Let's just say you're somebody, you know, and you're just, you're just worried about anything. You're worried about any kind of pathogen, like bacteria. You're worried about Lyme disease. You're worried about anything. Whatever it is that's, that you're thinking, that you're thinking you had or you have, or you're thinking somebody told you or whatever it is, bring some radishes in. 
It's got a sulfur in it to kill pathogens. Why is it incredible for Hashimoto's thyroiditis? Because it's the ultimate food for Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's one of the ultimate foods. Kills off Epstein-Barr. Kills off pathogens. For any kind of thyroid problem, yes. Thyroid cancer, yes. Radishes. You just want radishes involved. You know, they're not so easy to eat. You know, some, some have a bite to them. Try to make a recipe. Put a little radish in there. There's nothing wrong with a recipe. Put some radishes in. You can do it. That would be fine. And don't be afraid of it. What happens with thyroid disease, thyroid illness of any kind, even if it's not just really thyroid illness, it's just a thyroid defecting on us, meaning in the sense that it's getting sick but mildly sick, or it's atrophying. What happens if your thyroid gets a little too problematic, a little too long, and it starts to atrophy, it starts to shrink? It's what happens to our brains when we don't use our brains, when we don't use our brains. Our brains shrink when we don't use them. And they could shrink substantially, actually, to to a, a, a pretty good degree. And our thyroids, when they get sick, and then we're taking thyroid medications and everything else, our thyroid, we're not using our thyroids anymore as much. They can atrophy. And that can happen. Guess what? Radishes help prevent and stop atrophy, thyroid atrophy. Not going to find that anywhere out there. You're only going to find that here, and you're going to be able to protect yourself. They stop the thyroid from atrophying. So we have to bring them in. That is a critical food. Why did thyroids atrophy? They get infected along the, uh, along the way. They get viral along the way. Everything you're going to learn about and more. And the radishes protect us. They have that sulfur compound that stops. It retards. It acts like a smoke screen effect. So what that sulfur does, it becomes a smoke screen. Is this interesting? Or do I just think this is interesting? Sometimes I don't even know anymore. <laughs> because I think it's all interesting, but I hope you think it's interesting, is what I mean. Like, I find this really interesting. You know, when Spirit told me about the smoke screen effect, and research in science is going to find out decades down the road that occurs from a radish, from the sulfur, from the different kind of sulfur, because it's not all the same sulfurs in vegetables. The compounds are different. They haven't even tapped into the different compounds. And the compound, the variety that's in radishes, causes a smoke screen effect all around the thyroid and saturates the thyroid. It starts to then go into the thyroid, deworming it, even though there's no worms in there, deviraling it, debugging it, depathogenizing it. That's what it does. I find that interesting. You know, when I found that out, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to share this. I can't wait to share this. I just hope... Hope you guys are interested in that one too. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's keep it going. We got some more to go. Sesame seeds. Do you like sesame? Sesame seeds. Some people like them. Some people don't. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Sesame seeds. I like sesame seeds because they got amino acids like lysine. Lysine, highly bioavailable trace forms of lysine and tyrosine. 
that become easy and uptake into the thyroid to improve the gland, to improve the gland. So tyrosine and lysine, but easily absorbable traces of it to improve the gland's function. That's from sesame seeds. I love it. I love it. I love it. Squash, you know, zucchini squash, spaghetti squash. They help stabilize thyroid hormone production, T4, T3, the conversion, everything. It helps the conversion. It's very important. It provides glucose for the brain and the rest of the nervous system as well, which help nerves because people with thyroid problems, like I said, they have a lot of nerve problems, fibromyalgia, they get diagnosed with, they get all these things. And I got them all in this book, Thyroid Healing. Potatoes. Okay. Potatoes. Controversial. Big time. We got to cover that one. Whoa. Where do I start with potatoes? Besides the alternative medicine world despises potatoes, but doesn't even know why they despise it. Oh yeah, that's right. The nightshade thing which is actually completely misinformation on how nightshades work. I forgot about that. So if you've been brainwashed with the nightshade thing about potatoes, just please, please, please keep an open mind for sure. I talk about potatoes in the other books. So you can always go in there and just look for potatoes in there and learn, you know, learn a lot about them. But they're, they're labeled as a white food. They're not a white food. They're not a white food. They're not. If they have a red skin, they're a red food. If they have a golden skin, they're a gold food. If they have a purple skin, they're a purple food. If they have a really brown skin, they're a brown food. They're not a white food. You crack into one, it's white inside. You crack into a um, a uh, conventional blueberry, not a conventional blueberry. What is it? A cultivated blueberry. You crack into a cultivated blueberry, the things you see in the clamshell pints, all in the health food stores, the organic cultivated big blueberry. You crack into one. It's clear to white. Is that a white food? I'd like to know. You crack into a radish, a purple radish. Is that a white food inside? I want to know. It's not a white food. Never was, never will be. Either is that big blueberry and the clamshell. I like the wild blueberries. You crack those open, they're blue inside. Oh my God, they're blue inside. They're so powerful, it's unbelievable, the wild blueberry. But if you can't get a wild blueberry, which I'm pretty sure you can, a frozen one, that's the ones you want, then you get the uh, clamshell, big old cultivated, regular blueberry. It's white inside, but it's still good for you. Um, so potatoes aren't a white food, and they're not devoid of nutrition. They're one of the most powerful antiviral foods we have stopping thyroid disease. How about them apples? How about them apples, we got to say to everybody out there? Not you guys, but how about them apples, we got to say to the experts, okay? How about them apples? That's what we got to say, okay, <laughs> to the experts out there, all right? Because you guys are the new experts moving in. Potatoes have a lysine in them. That is so powerful and so potent. It also contains a tyrosine too. But they have a lysine so powerful. A chemical compound and amino acid needed to literally protect the thyroid. Plus tyrosine. A very, very 
uh, assimilatable, absorbable one, bioidentical to a point that no one understands a tyrosine, chemical needed to produce thyroid hormones. In potatoes, the lysine, the ultimate anti-Epstein-Barr killer. Potato, it's one of them. It's one of the ultimate ones. There's many of them, but that's a really good one. That's a great one. It doesn't feed yeast. It doesn't feed bacteria. Potatoes don't feed anything like that. They don't feed candida. They don't feed anything like that. Potatoes do not do that. They're anti-bugs, believe it or not. They're anti-bugs. Don't be afraid of potatoes if you got a thyroid problem. You can have a red potato, for God's sake. So that's that's the potato. Then we could go off on potatoes more and more and more. Believe me, there's I, I I I yeah, we can do a show on potatoes. I don't want to do that to you guys. I don't want to do that to you. Spinach, spinach, it truly does make the body alkaline. You know how we're worried about alkaline? Oh, you're too acidic. We got to be alkaline. Even though <laughs> the alkaline diets out there, oh my God, there's so many sometimes foods in there that make the body acidic that. Basically, it's just how how is how is someone going to get alkaline in some of these diets? I can't even tell you guys. It's it's really sad, but spinach is really an alkaline food. You need to know. I'm being sarcastic, I guess, a little bit on this on this webinar. A little too sarcastic. Bear with me. Bear with me. Um, the spinach really does make the body alkaline. It's got micronutrients for the nervous system too, which is really important. But it helps overall when it comes down to thyroid problems. So don't be afraid of spinach. The reason why spinach helps with thyroid problems is because it's basically a, a covers everything in the body. It covers everything. A little bit of thyroid, a little bit of adrenals, covers the liver, covers the intestinal tract. It actually massages the intestinal tract as it goes through, cleaning things that shouldn't be in there. <clears throat> Spinach also is alkaline, but alkaline in a way that's different than any kind of alkaline water or anything else. So when you go and you get your alkaline waters or whatever you're going to do, that, that, that's, that doesn't hold a candle to five leaves of spinach because what that does is it, alkali- it, al- it, al- it causes an it causes alkalinity in different aspects of the body. You have to know that we're not just alkaline in one place in the body. All the body systems have a different pH. Every single one of them. Every organ has a different pH. Every single one has a different ratio, a different system built into it for acid and alkaline. Spinach is this adaptable leaf this adaptable green, this leafy green that goes in and it it makes us alkaline in places that need to be in body systems we don't even understand. So that's why we need it. So it's kind of this, you need a general supporter, overall full body, just to give you that extra push while you're healing your thyroid. So that's another thing to, to think about. Um... Let's do a little bit more. Let's keep on going. I mean, we've been on for a while. Are, are you with me? Do you guys want to do some more? Right, because I, I could do some more for sure. I'm, let's keep on going. I'm, just give me a chance to sip this here. Hmm? The thing is, when you do these things live, you know, you you got you to gotta <laughs> drink your uh, herbal tea. You have no, you have no choice. You got to drink it when you're doing it. Okay. 
Tomatoes, controversial, big time. That's another one. A lot of people afraid of tomatoes now. All different reasons afraid of tomatoes. Nightshades, it's another one, reason why. But there's, there's now other ones that are just completely wrong about why to avoid a tomato. Tomatoes have their own type of vitamin C. What do, what do I mean by own type, own kind? Isn't vitamin C all the same? Wait a minute, research and science thinks vitamin C is pretty much all the same. Oh, it's vitamin C. It's just vitamin C. Well, wait a minute. Vitamin C in orange is different than vitamin C in a tomato? Well, research and science has no clue. They have no idea. They've never even looked into it. Why? Because why should anybody give anybody, a scientist, a billion dollars to figure that out? Why should they? When they instead want to give scientists a billion dollars to tell you that you're faulty, your genes don't work right, that's what all your problems are derived from. It doesn't derive from some virus that enters into your thyroid causing Hashimoto's. It's your genes. So let's put a billion dollars into that gene crap. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, be careful with the whole gene thing. I go into it in depth in thyroid healing so you know how to protect yourself. Because in the end, you're going to fall victim and feel like you're handcuffed to your own genes. And that... There's really nothing to do but wait for science to come up with these unbelievable gene gene cures because you're, you're, you're faulty and you got bad genes and that's why you got every ache and pain and every disease and every illness, <laughs> which is – it's so not true. It's so not true. I beg of you. I beg of you to please consider not getting trapped into the gene world. Yes, we have hereditary traits. I talk about that. Yes, we have similarities in our family line, weaknesses, but they're weaknesses for certain reasons. Toxic heavy metals, viruses, other things have nothing to do with genes. When you read thyroid healing, you'll totally understand. Tomatoes have their own vitamin C, their own vitamin C. And that own vitamin C is different than a vitamin C in other things, other vegetables, other fruits. Science hasn't tapped into it. That vitamin C does something for your thyroid. It does something for your thyroid nobody knows about. When you grow a tomato, it collects its frequency in the moonlight. There's something in moonlight that helps your thyroid that you're going to be able to read in thyroid healing that I can't do justice enough to explain on this food webinar. But the vitamin C is a moonlight type of vitamin C, its own vitamin C that supports the thyroid like nothing does. It's as far as like no other vitamin C does practically. It helps keep the thyroid balanced. Thyroid needs vitamin C. People don't know that. Science doesn't know that your thyroid actually feeds off of vitamin C. It drinks vitamin C. Nobody knows that. The cells in the thyroid need vitamin C. Tomato offers that. But if you get thrown into a trendy trap and you're afraid to try a beautiful heirloom tomato during farmer's market season, during the summer, and you're afraid of biting into one of those delicious tiger, you know, tiger varieties... Or sun golds, little cherry tomatoes, sun gold varieties. Have you ever had a sun gold at a farmer's market? If you haven't, maybe there's one, you know, at the, at the health food store to try someday. Maybe you can grow one someday. If you haven't had a chance, don't worry. You can in the future. But don't be afraid of tomatoes, whatever you do. Wild blueberries. We're on to wild blueberries. Every reason in the world to eat them. 
every reason in the world. And still to this day, the world doesn't even know about wild blueberries. I can't believe it. I've been doing nothing but shouting wild blueberry from the top of my lungs for years. And you can still talk to a conventional doctor or or, a, or, a, or an alternate practitioner and they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, just pick up some blueberries. And you'll go and pick up a, a pint of just a clamshell of cultivated big ugly blueberries and you won't even get your wild blueberries in. I can't believe it to this day that we're still there. The cultivated blueberry is cute. It's healthy, but it can't do anything for the thyroid. The wild blueberry repairs thyroid damage, tissue damage from anything, surgeries, from all of it. It protects the thyroid like no other. You can't go wrong with those wild blueberries. So bring those in. They help the brain. They help the liver. They help reduce the growth of nodules, cysts, and tumors inside the thyroid. They contain powerful, exceptionally powerful antioxidants undiscovered that help your thyroid repair tissue, stop atrophying, and helping the body fight off viruses that cause thyroid disease to begin with. That's what wild blueberries do. It's no joke. Now, there's other foods I couldn't cover today so because I want to cover some supplements too a little bit. But there's other foods I couldn't cover and uh, because there's a lot of foods in thyroid healing for you to really see what does what for our thyroids. Spirulina, I want to go back to that a little bit. Spirulina is amazing. Really is powerful for thyroid tissue, for protecting thyroid tissue, protecting it against things like viruses and radiation and, and, and everything. Its iodine content is really an antiseptic against Epstein-Barr inside the thyroid. It lowers the thyroid load. Don't be afraid of using that. I know I brought that up. You'll see there's, there's spirulina there. You'll see there's uh, uh, chaga. Chaga's a good one also for thyroid problems. You'll see there's um, a barley grass too. The barley grass is great because it pulls out mercury, takes out toxic heavy metals, but it's got alkaloids. Barley grass juice extract powder, at least the one, one I like, has alkaloids in it. And I, I'm hopefully others do too, but it has alkaloids in it. And it what it does is those alkaloids also feed the thyroid. So the thyroid uses these alkaloids to stop atrophying. And that's what I like about the barley grass juice powder. Chaga mushroom kills off viruses, kills that out of the liver, out of the thyroid. As you'll see when you get into thyroid healing, the same virus that gets into the thyroid has been in the liver. That's how it works. Chaga mushroom tends to go into the liver, killing off that virus, really, really protecting your thyroid in the end. And that's what's great about chaga mushroom. So these are some supplements I'm just going over again to make sure. Um, bladderwrack is another plant from the sea. Bladderwrack is another type of plant from the sea. You know, it's, it's, it provides trace minerals for the thyroid as well as, as, um, as some iodine 
So that's another one too. So don't be afraid of bladder rack. You know, that's a good one too. It's an antiseptic for the thyroid. It, it's great for antiviral for the thyroid. And it helps pull out, does help pull out heavy metals. There's nothing wrong with that. So that's one as well. Nettle leaf's a great one for the thyroid. That's something to think about. Okay, so don't be afraid of nettle leaf for the thyroid. That's one right there all on its own. Um, you know, it, ashwagandha, I do like that one for thyroid problems because it does support the adrenals really good. It gives the adrenals that extra backup, the extra backup power. So that's a good one too. Um, if you look, if you go to your practitioner, talk to your practitioner about these supplements. You don't have to jump right into them. You could always talk to your practitioner about them. Monolaurin, I really like. Monolaurin, derived from coconut, I really like that one too. It's really great for viruses, such as the Epstein Barr. So these are some of the things that we, you know, that I just wanted to run by you real quick. But you know, the bottom line is with healing is. A lot of us lose our faith that we can heal. We don't think we can heal a problem. If you lost your thyroid, you know, surgically removed, there's a whole reason not to be, re- meaning like saddened, because I talk about it in thyroid healing, about what, what, how it's okay on how you can actually get your thyroid still working again. And you might say, well, I had it removed. How can you get it working again? There's always tissue left behind. I talk about that. There's always tissue left behind. So there's a lot of things that you can learn from that alone. So what I'm saying is don't feel you can't heal no matter what when it comes down to thyroid. You can. I stand behind you, and uh, we're going to do it together. You guys are going to be the experts that you deserve to be. You can heal any kind of thyroid condition over time, some more difficult ones, some mild ones. We can prevent thyroid conditions. We can do it all together. We just need to know what's wrong and what we need to do. We need to have patience. We need to have faith. We need to have some trust, trust in our bodies. And I'm going to leave you with this. The thyroid problems isn't autoimmune. Our body's attacking our thyroids. But that's something. So remember, your body's not attacking itself. Just know that. There's something else at play we're going to talk about like we did today, and these foods help stop that. So keep a light heart. Don't think your body's turning against you. It's not. You're moving forward. You're healing. I stand behind you. I love you guys. Bless you. And uh, I really, really, really care. I'm honored that you're here. Truly, truly honored, deeply from the bottom of my heart and soul. Just know that, please. Okay. Take care.